I'm Steph and I'm absolutely obsessed with pole dancing. In 2019, I hung up my corporate stilettos for a pair of pleasers and my very own pole studio. I'm now on a journey to have open and thought-provoking conversations uncovering all things pole dancing. A lot happened from like 2011 to 2016. Would you say that that was really like the building of the actual proper, I don't think proper is the right word, but like the building of the industry? That was like the growth period of the industry. So the early days, I I would say that the building was done in the early days. Mm. The foundations were all laid. Yeah. Um, and then that that middle period where a lot of stuff was going on was like it the industry had grown to an extent that suddenly there were there were enough minds and um like an, enough personalities within the industry then who all wanted to kind of make stuff happen and like you know, create more competitions and mm. um you know and and like open more studios and um you know do all sorts of experimenting with what pole can actually can kind of be like that that was only because it had sort of create that that groundswell had led to the point you can't even see my hands I'm very like I'm very Italian with my hands and my hands are <laughs> down here you can't see what I'm doing but anyway you like there was a lot of this creation that happened in the early days and then during that period of yeah 2011 to 2015 ish it was suddenly like we've got like we've got all of these um people wanting to yeah like put on different competitions yeah. and shows and showcases and you know different styles of performing like pole comedy like pole comedy did not exist before yeah. pole theater really i mean gosh oh no okay nope i'm gonna get slammed for saying that because carly hunter did her Granny Clementine routine for APC or the Australian in 2000, Capital Pole. Yeah, in 2012, yeah. Because yeah. did, 2012, did so, pole comedy start with pole theatre? Well, technically, as a, yeah, as a as category, a yes, it yeah. did. But, um, yeah, so from, uh, I mean, Carly's Granny Clementine was definitely a, a, a very early adopter of that style. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, you could take it back to even in the early, earlier days with Susie Q's um, doll performance at, at MPDA. Mm. I think it was 2007 when she did, um, yeah, like the doll and she had like um, pole dancing for dummies, the book pole <sighs> dancing for dummies and then she'd like spray. Like, I mean, Susie Q is an amazing, amazing showgirl and she has always kind of brought a little bit of that um, fun frivolity into her into her themes and her performances but I would say Carly Hunter stands out in my mind as one of the very early adopters of like specifically creating a show around the comedy theme yeah that's amazing and I think I because like I said I started in 2012 so I started as this growth was happening and like so I felt with within my first couple of years so much had changed and like in Queensland, yeah. we only had two competitions, Miss Pole Dance and uh, QPC. And then you obviously mm-hmm. had the heats from that. And I would say Queensland's probably only the last couple of years sort of leveled that up again and is continuing to grow. But 
some of those other, um, like New South Wales exploded in competitions in the early, is it 10s? Is that what you call that? Like, is it like the 2010s? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you say 10s, it just sounds so weird. Yeah. But yeah, there was so much that happened in that. And I think like when I look at this, there were so many of what you would say pole idols now getting their first wins and getting their first like placements. Like This is another thing that's been really interesting to watch throughout the years. Like I remember, I, I, I believe I was there for Miss Philly's first competition, I believe, with, um, for her first Miss Pole Vic. Yeah. Um, in fact, I definitely was because I saw her win Unleashed, um, which was the in, which was the pole divas competition. I I had had gone to Unleashed, and then I saw her compete um, a few months or a year later or whatever in um, Miss Pole Vic. And you know she she has she is consistent and she is an absolute machine. And she went year after year after year. She would be doing comps, 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 comps. Um, and you know, you look at her now, she's an absolute beast, but anyone who like has come onto the scene maybe in the last year or two years or whatever, and, and lays eyes on Philly and just, they're like, you know, how, how is this even a human? But like, <laughs> probably the best way always... to explain Philly. How is she even? Yeah. Human? <laughs> but you know, I like having seen her like work her butt off to become so refined in her style like it's really interesting I mean and that's happened with a lot of a lot of people like you know Gracie gosh I remember Gracie's first competition um and oh my god Beth Finlay you know Bethany's first competition yeah in fact Gracie and Beth I think it was the same night it was Miss Polvic 2011 um, and Bethany Finlay, oh my God, I will never forget it. She pulled out a starfish, you know, when you stand on the pole yep. and put your and your body. She did that in heels. What? In fucking heels. I don't know that I've <laughs> ever seen that. I feel like I need to go back and Google this. Just... I don't even think you could. I don't. I, I don't even know if it was recorded. Like it was wild. Wow. It was. It blew my mind. And Bethany has blown my mind every year ever since. But, um, you know, she's always been super fearless, but like obviously become much more refined over time. It's the same with Gracie. Like you could see that she was, she was a real show, like a real show person, like right from the start, her very first routine, I think it was this schoolgirl kind of theme from memory. And, um, you know, she really had that stage presence and everything, but again, she was still like this baby polar and then suddenly you know, she blossomed and just became this like incredible, like absolute performance machine. Um, and, you know, having watched all of these incredible stars and I think I, I'm, I do have regrets that I didn't make it to pole icon, I have to say. but um, It was epic, but yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I can imagine. Um, but, yeah, people who see all of these amazing performers now um, you know, like I would really recommend you try and f- try and dig up some old videos of yeah. them as, as like not baby, they weren't baby polars exactly, but like in the very early days of their competing, like it's so interesting seeing how they've grown and and like grown into their styles as performers. I remember watching Blood, Sweat and Sequence back in the days because yeah. I just started and I remember watching that and just being so amazed 
by and Philly was in that. I'm pretty sure it was Cleo, the Hurricane. Yeah. Was Jeddah yeah. in that one? I'm not sure Hafner I... was. No, but I think feel I think they had Felix in that one. Yeah, like that. I, I the only copy I've been told that you can find is a really dodgy one on YouTube. If anybody is interested in that, because yeah, definitely worth. It was well done. It was a really well done um, doco. Yeah, and yeah. Philly's journey through that was great. Yeah, she had. It oh, was, was it Lou Landers? Was yeah, Lou Landers think, in that one? Yeah, I feel like it was. Somebody's requested that I do a. Um, Blood, Sweat and Secrets reunion podcast a episode. reunion. Yes. You absolutely Try should. to get everybody on the podcast <laughs> or speak to everybody and try, about it. And try it. and do a watch party. Yes. Do a watch party. That would be, that would be so great. So, I'm like, I need to write <laughs> down these ideas. I'm like, I have no idea if any of these people listen, but maybe you will hear from me and maybe we will try to do a, a, a um, Blood, Sweat and Secrets uh episode a reunion episode oh i'd be so yeah i'd that be would, so listening to that, that would one be, and like most of them are still in poll they're all still in poll actually which is pretty yeah. cool yeah i don't think anybody's yeah. really dropped off so what do you think like i mean a lot has happened what do you think some of the highlights have been for our industry well where do i start <laughs> Where do I start? I, I think that there's there's two ways to answer it because there are these amazing milestones that have happened like as far as, you know, different performer, different performances done by different performers or different competitions. Like pole theatre was revolutionary when it came about. I love the fact that they started pole theatre. Um, you know, like the pole cruise yes. <laughs> is amazing that, you know, that Jem got that off the ground. Like that that's incredible. But, I you know, I think that the... Um, the thing that I find the most groundbreaking in pole dancing is what it's brought to women yeah. and the women who, who do it. And I'm, I'm going to say, you know, obviously we embrace people of all genders, but really when it comes down to it, it has been, and I hate the word empowerment, I feel it's really kind of a bit naff, but it is that, like the, the beauty of pole dancing in, in how it shows women their inner strength and their power and then marries that with their you know raw sexual energy and like it's just like it makes people feel like absolute goddesses and I think that that's the the that's what I think um brought it out from um from the clubs because working in the clubs that is this feeling that you get like you get this feeling of being like an absolute goddess and being so, so powerful and so honoured. And, I mean, yes, obviously there's always been this stigma, but I, I would challenge you to find any stripper who's worked in the, the industry who has not experienced being on stage and feeling like they're just an absolute superhero. And I think that's what pole has brought to so many women um, and also being able to connect in a community with other women who are going and other people in general who are going through that same experience. So I'm going to say um, that would be the biggest highlight for me is what it has brought to women uh, like across the world. I uh, like you can see me here the whole time like yeah 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 like I agree and I mean that is why I'm here and that is why I stayed and but builds trust with yourself which I just don't think that any other like I think other sports do help do that but I don't necessarily feel like when you come into pole as an adult and you do pole 
you don't have to do competition. You don't, there is no competitive element if you choose not to have a competitive element. You could just come in totally. and dance. You can make yourself. it what you want. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. I, I agree. I think that is probably the one of the most interesting things about pole. Um, and when people talk to and when you get that question like we joked about before like oh I bet you're super strong and you're super this it's like I'm actually super confident and I actually trust myself and believe in myself like that's what I get from pole the fitness stuff is okay um like it's pretty good but like yeah it's it comes down to that that connection with oneself which I just don't think any other mainstream sport has been able to to achieve and I wouldn't say pole is mainstream yet so yeah like I just don't think I agree there's something really magical about it it's just it is incredible you know I did once um I was gonna do it I was thinking about it like doing a series of um articles on different industries like kind of underground activities like pole dancing and I was trying to think of other things that kind of had similar elements the only one that I could come up with was um, roller derby I was thinking roller derby is a little bit similar in that you you know these women uh, like they, they find that connection and that community together and they find that sort of beastly power as well um, but that what what roller derby oh you know what actually I'm going to go back on what I was about to say because <laughs> roller derby's got that real kind of sexy vibe to it as well like I know does, that in yeah. their history they would like wear fishnets and like I don't know kind of get in touch with their sexual power as well so I don't know maybe there are some there's some good parallels with roller derby it's but funny you bring that up I can think of the only other there is an article that exists I definitely have it so I'll send it through to you um that talks about pole and like what we get out of it like similar conversation to this and roller derby and I think the only other one they brought up was uh, belly dancing I think but I might be wrong I'll have to dig out that article and share it with you because it was about yeah. it was about what is so I feel like that I went through a phase of just like, especially when I was at uni, Googling, like putting pole dancing into the library just to see what would come up. And it was an article I found through that. And, um, but I read a lot of things at that point in time. So a few might be um, (laughs) mishmashed in my brain, but it, it was all about the sexual element and the being together with other females. Yeah. And creating something with them. Um, where do you think our industry is going? I mean, that's the great question. Um, <laughs> that's a, the good old, yeah. Where, where, you know, where is the world going? Who knows? Like, oh, it's, yeah. you know, if there's a very broad question at the moment. Um, I feel like it's so interesting over the last couple of years how a lot of us have gone online. And, um, and so we have been forced to disconnect from each other a little bit. And I, I, I wonder how that um, has affected the industry as a whole, because I know that people always crave that connection. Um, and I know that we've like we've come back to our studios a lot more recently, especially down in Victoria. So I'm Victorian based. So we had a lot of time outside of our studios. <clears throat> um, but well, I suppose when you look at the rebound, I mean, everyone just wants to be back and connected again. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that the the pandemic 
encouraged a lot of people to get home poles yeah. and um, and to get their set up um, for their training at home. Uh, I do think that there is a bit more of that in our future. Like I think um, realistically training several times a week, it's you've got to train several times a week if you want to become an advanced polar but that's not re that's not reasonable for like financial reasons or for geographical reasons or whatever for people um, to always visit a studio so mm. I, I think that there's going to be probably um, more growth outside of the studios I mean it's, if I can talk about um, just for a second it's it's really interesting because when I started Polesphere the uh, like um, it was maybe like maybe five percent of the pole community were um doing pole remotely like yeah. were, were looking for virtual classes or doing tutorials and stuff like that like obviously people were still looking at instagram and um you know they were they were doing sort of self-teaching that way but as far as doing pole tutorial platforms and things like that, it was it was really the minority, mm. and I think that exploded a lot the last few years. And I think that that energy has remained. Like I think a lot of people are much more open to um, to training from instructors that are overseas on Zoom, you know. Or um, and so in you know in some ways it's almost brought us even closer together with our overseas counterparts yes. um like you you sort of it's it's more accessible to be like i love that you know i want to learn from doris arnold so you know if she's doing if she's doing a zoom thing then i'm gonna um, jump on that or you know um i want to learn from you know whoever mm. some some like asian pole dancer or south american pole dancer or whatever and you can kind of be a bit like yeah let's just zoom it you know this is this is sort of how we I function think that is one of the best things that came out of COVID is that everybody not everybody but a large majority of the population learned how to use technology so you we have opened up so many more doors to what we maybe would have had and even like a really good example of that is I do my physio with Simone, who is in Melbourne, and I am in Brisbane. And I remember just yeah. thinking that first one, I'm like, I'm a little bit apprehensive about this because what I traditionally know to be physio is very hands-on, but it doesn't need to be. So it has challenged the way we think and the way we operate. And I think a lot more people um, are wanting to compliment coming back to just using this as an example, are wanting to compliment their training outside of the studio but they don't know how to do it there's still that gap of what they're learning they don't know how to put that into their own outside training without just replicating the exact same thing they're doing class and they can't do that sometimes because it's a lot to take in so yeah yeah interesting yeah if I can if I can make a comment on where I would like to see the industry oh, go, more. go do it <laughs> I'm excited um so we are so competition focused as an industry um, and my my personal passion is uh, like performance and showcase. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously that like I put on a, a few showcases in Melbourne uh, because I wanted to see more of that and that's not something that I really, I'm not sure that I would ever do that again because it's a lot of work. But I would love to see the industry moving away a little bit more from 
um, competition and more towards showcases because I really feel like the roots, like our roots are literally in performing, not in competing, yeah. you know, I, and I feel like there's something so beautiful about the experience of getting on stage without trying to measure up against other people. Um, I mean, gosh, if you really come down to come down to it, yes, a strip club is very competitive in a, in its own way, yeah. but you, yeah, but not in the same way that you don't like you don't have people with like scorecards and yeah, and criterias and all of that sort of stuff. Like the the beauty of just performing for the sake of performing, I really want to see that um, coming back a bit stronger. Like I know people really still try and put on showcases and I know a lot of studios do their in-house showcases and whatever, but I would love to see big, you know, pole icon style, um, but showcases, you know, without feeling like, I don't know, that's, that's I, this, I, is, I, this I, is my passion. I agree with what you're saying and I think the biggest, from what the people I've spoken to when they put on showcases is like it's a lot of work and the return on investment is quite low. And it's actually almost harder to run than it is harder to 100%. run a competition. People I can like speak the competition. from personal experience. Yeah. I can speak from personal experience. People will much prefer to pay to go to a competition as a, as a spectator. And I theorised a number of reasons why that was the case. But my, like, um, my ethos when I put on, uh, in Melbourne, I put on pandemonium events, which is just like just a bunch of, showcases of variety nights and I wanted to pay everyone like I wanted to just like create performance opportunities for people and so you know and I like I did but I didn't really make any money from it and it was a a lot of work <laughs> like as a, which is an understatement it was a lot of work and so yeah I I would I would love to see somehow maybe studios getting behind bigger showcases a bit more like mm -hmm. rather than I don't know or I, I don't even know what the answer is I just this is my vision like I would love for larger scale um, pole performance variety night showcases to be a, a thing as opposed to a whole lot of competitions and I do think a lot of people feel that when they're going through their pole journey they get to this point when they're probably advanced and they're like okay do I become an instructor or do I go and compete like it's almost like not a do I just continue to challenge myself and have fun and it feels like you get like getting to advanced is a milestone and then your next milestone might be instructor and then your next one's going yeah. to be competition but it feels yeah. like they're almost milestones within our pole journeys but they don't need to be everybody's milestones. Well, yeah, for sure. And I know, uh, I guess it just depends on the, the studio that you come mm. from and what their, um, what their focus tends to be because some, some studios are more competition-focused than others. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. But, I, yeah, I, I just feel like it would be so great if there was more performance opportunities for even for, like, yeah, your low-level pole dancers just, just and just to do group stuff and, um, you know, like, I, anyway, I, look, I, I would hope that we start to embrace that a little bit more we'll have um, to listen on a national back to, level. Yeah, we'll have to listen back to this episode in a few years' time 
and see what's yeah, changed. See, see what happened. See yeah, if anything changed. Yeah. And if it... unfortunately, knowing the industry, I, d- I very much doubt it. Like it would take it would take some pretty big. I, I, I want to say big dogs. It would take the the big fish to be like, this is what we are going to do, and just mm. run with it. Like it's harder, I think, for you know the small the, the little people with a dream to just put these things on because you kind of really need studios to get behind you and push you and and stuff it's almost um, like you think about influencers you almost need influencers to back these types yes. of experiences just to get the word out there that they exist and how good they are for the industry because they've got trust yeah. with their audiences so yeah i totally. do have a question do you know mm-hmm. if fornia who canada or bobby was the first fornia. one to start teaching pole fornia it was fornia Fornia was yeah it was mid 90s i think fornia wow in vegas from what i i know fornia is canadian but i think when she started it was um oh hello puppy dog yeah this is my little <laughs> artemis he's just waking up from a nap <laughs> oh my god he's beautiful he's very fluffy. um yeah fornia started teaching from what I know, in uh, yeah, in the mid '90s, and I believe it was in Vegas. Okay. Um, Bobby was definitely yeah a little bit later than that. Yeah, because like a lot of people I've spoken to, that's one thing that I couldn't get confirmed on. Like that was just yeah, that was something that was um, still always up in the air and a question mark. I definitely had when it came to the history of pole um, and where it actually first started. I think Fornia is is she is recognised as like the 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 mother of of pole instruction yeah yeah wow that's crazy what a journey we've been on amazing journey and um and I you know that's what I mean the reason why I created the the book was because I didn't want to lose a lot of these stories because it has been such an incredible um time to be time to be alive (laughs) and it's been an incredible journey to to witness and all of these incredible people who have created our history, you know, they like, they're just kind of, they're going through it and they've, they've been on that ride. But so many people coming after them don't know where they've come from and aren't really, it's not easily accessible to, to find that information and to see, especially the early days stuff. And even just Googling something about pole dancing, you just get so many mixed messages anyway like especially the early days that it's hard to know if what you're reading is true and legitimate or or not well that's so, true so I think and I'll tell you a story about that oh yeah I actually yeah so not long ago I mean it would have been okay well, well not long in the scheme of things two years <laughs> maybe three years <clears throat> I saw there was a, a video going around um I'm pretty sure it was on YouTube and it was like I think it was credited as one of the first, if not the first, pole dance routine ever, ever recorded on a video. Now, let me say to set you the scene, it was in, I reckon, the 70s. It was either late 60s, early 70s, maybe. It was in colour, um, but you could tell it was very, like, you know, really back in the day. Um, it was... I believe an African-American woman and some like some crooner guy just singing like, I don't know, some like lounge singer. Yeah. And this woman was doing actually really incredible things on the pole. And I mean, 
you know, like really climbing right up there, doing inverts up the pole. I, I can't even tell you what she was doing, but I do remember the impression was, wow, this trick, I didn't realise this trick existed so long ago. Yeah. Um, and it was literally in the 70s. Anyway, so fast forward to me preparing for this interview and I wanted to find it. I really wanted to find that so I could give you the links to, to watch it because it was actually quite an amazing video to see. Do you think I could find it? I, I mean, <laughs> it's impossible. It's literally impossible. You can't Google this stuff now and it probably is somewhere on the internet still. But there's so know, many um, other things that just pop up on that Google search before that one comes yes, up. Yes, yeah. yeah. Anything that involves the word pole dancing and you've got like, you know, three million hits. But I know um, Natasha Wong, I think, was who posted it. I remember her making a comment on it. But, yeah. well, if anyone if anyone knows where it exists, maybe she does. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's We it want to see this video. Well, it's an amazing video. Yeah. But I think that the, my basic point is finding old stuff is like you've uh. really got to know what what you were looking for like another thing another little story and a little vignette the first time I ever saw a, a deadlift uh, like a deadlift oh, into an yes, Aisha yeah it was done by this pole dance like her name her performing name was Joy I believe and I can't remember her real name Lisa always remembers her real name but this was 2007 or something like that and it was a YouTube video and it was just of her doing some stuff in the club, um, you know, like on stage in a club. And she just like, you know, she goes into, a, I believe it was a twisty grip, but it might have been like a cup grip or something like that. And just pulls and her whole body just floats oh up into this Aisha. And all of us who saw that lost our fucking minds i could imagine like, in 2007 <laughs> like yeah that would have been unreal to see wild but there is absolutely no way if i was to try and find that video now there is no way even though it probably somewhere in the depths of youtube it probably still exists but there's you know there's things like that it's like we we need to we need to record it and get things down while mm. we can because they will be lost yeah and especially like the industry is still what was the first date on this timeline of and this is for australia 2002 so 20 years since bobby started teaching in king's cross clubs it is still yeah. such a young industry so trying to document as much of it as possible and i love that when you've done this you've included things like michelle shimmy starts the hashtag sunday bum day um you know these that is a thing like it's such a thing like you don't want to lose that information because also shimmy herself will forget what year that happened like yeah. I, I really had to press her at the time like she I think she struggled to remember what year it was and she had to kind of be like, oh, it was in relation to pole theatre was already in existence so it must have been at this point. And the PD hashtag, yes. that was a, like a game changer. Yeah, that the was. PD hashtag, people coming yeah. into the industry now, yeah, well, people would just assume like, oh, well, that's probably just always existed. No, back in those days, like if you wanted to, um, you know, if you wanted to look up on a hashtag, I don't know, invert or something like yeah, that. Yeah, God, God, you could get so many things that would come Anything. Up. Yeah. Anything. P the PD hashtag was like a game changer. It was a game. I remember like that first coming out and we were just like, whoa. 
like yes. mind blown like we could actually mind search porn. these things now I don't yeah. even think I had Instagram at the time but like it definitely comes across and you you start to learn about it and I think like I would love to compare the Australian history at some point to let's say the American history because yeah. I feel like we have so many and it's probably just because I'm very immersed in the Australian industry we have we've just got so many entrepreneurs we have so many starters we have so many people who are taking things like Michelle Shimmy and like I'm gonna do this hashtag PD such and such like I feel like Australians have done so much of that and I'm sure other countries have also contributed but it just we feels like a punched lot above our weight oh, we have, have we? definitely punched above Go our the weight yeah. <laughs> as far as like yeah I mean yeah as far as the early adopters of poll I mean it, it definitely was in the states before us yeah but it became bigger earlier here I believe from I mean from what I can tell um I mean, maybe because we're, you know, we're a smaller country and it's sort of word spread a little bit faster or something. I don't know what the reason was, but we were definitely a front runner in the industry um, by comparison to other countries. And for our size, we, mm. were, we definitely have punched above our weight in, in the overall industry. But I would love to know a bit more history behind, um, yeah, the, the U.S. Mm. I have the to US find somebody. History and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Janine Butterfly would be a good one to ask oh, because yes. she was very much very early days. Um, she, I mean, you know, right right around the time when Felix won the worlds, um, she was. I think she won the U.S. Um, pole dance federation, the U.S. PDF, one yeah. of the first, um, you know, biggest competitions over there. And then she, I believe, came second in the worlds when Felix came first. Janine was sort of running side to side with Felix, Felix sort of tended to pip her at the post, whatever the, whatever the saying is, Felix would sort of take first very regularly, yeah. but Janine's performing was so stunning and so beautiful, but she was very much right there in the, in the early days. So she mm. would have a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. I have to reach out. I have to slide into her dms and see please do yes. because I i'll would do love, my best guys i'd love to watch that i do my best i do my best well thank you so much for chatting with us oh with me my today. pleasure it's been yeah it's been so fun i've loved it's like my passion i like you know like, it's so great it's so it's i'm i'm honored to be part of this industry and to have been able to see it sort of grow and and flourish through the years so it's yeah it's super fun to just be able to talk about it yeah and I think like I could imagine you probably learned so much about the industry when you guys started the magazine like you already probably were learning but like when you started talking to people through the magazine and then creating mm -hmm. this it would have it probably is like the experience I have on this podcast and the amount of information new things yeah. I learn is is really great and it's so good to connect with other people 100%. Is there anything Absolutely. you want to share before before we jump off today? Um not nothing that comes to mind. No, I feel like we've we've covered a lot of ground and yes, um we have. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you having me on to, to chat about it. No, that's okay. And if people want to find you, where can they find you? Instagram those types. Of yes, my Instagram is Kitty Cat Alley. That's K I T T Y C A T A L L Y. Uh, I don't really post a lot of content on my wall there these days. Um, I spend a lot of time 
behind the scenes with Pulse here. Yeah. So, so if you want to know where I'm at, you'll Pulse find me very there. easily through Pulse here. <laughs> um, yeah, my my Instagram these days is mostly about the stories. I have had a bit of an extended break of aerial pole because yeah. of a, a health issue. So um, I, I feel like I will document my return to aerial as it Ooh, happens. But, yeah. yeah, my Instagram definitely doesn't reflect very much content. <laughs> That's okay, days, though. I think it, it does. Yeah, I think um, we need to take those breaks, obviously, to look after our health. And, and yeah, and it'll be good to see when you do decide to get back into it, to see it documented. And even it's for yourself humbling. to see it. It is very humbling. I'm already I'm already on the journey and I tell you what, inside leg hang is so painful to relearn it after a couple of years off. You have the <laughs> technique, it's all in your brain and like you're strong enough but as soon as you wrap that leg around the pole, it's just like what the oh. fuck am I doing? Why am I here? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep. just, yes. Well, thank you yep. so much. Getting for... back after a break. It's hard. It. How long well... was the break? <laughs> good couple of years Ooh, good couple yeah. of years I mean not totally uh, a break as in I was still dancing I was still doing um dance classes yep. but actually going up the pole was probably a good two-year break yeah wow. so yeah I, I think you've done an episode on coming back after a break haven't you yeah we've done an episode on coming back after a break and we've also yeah. done the um your success does not equal your level, which touches on the break stuff as well. So, yeah, I'll have to sh I'll reshare them. I think we're at that point now that we've got a few gems in the archives that potentially get missed depending on where people are starting their listening journey with us. So, yeah, yeah. it's one thing I do want to start doing is resharing old episodes because, God, there are some gems that exist and there yeah. are some not-so-good gems that exist and – but that's okay. It's all about the journey, and yeah, it's been absolutely. Fun. It's been fun. We'll, we'll share share those ones in the show notes. Yes, they're in the, yeah the show notes. <laughs> are like, Thank you, show notes. And also, if you guys are interested in Pulsefear, I'll share a link for Pulsefear as well um, to get a bit of a discount yes. and a ten day free trial. So um, I'm absolutely loving it, and I'm loving the partnership with Pulsefear. It's been really great. So um, and learning Thank a you. lot through the the platform. So guys, check that out if if you're interested. And thank you for listening today, team. Um, I've enjoyed uncovering the history of Australian pole dance with Ali. I think you guys are really, I think you would have got a lot out of today's episode. So thank you for joining us. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye.